Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. <coughs> a lot of anchors do that. <coughs> Are you ready? Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Let's that was do good it again. What? That was good. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. The following podcast is a part of Radiomisfits.com. Time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Hey, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Parker. With me, as always, is my co-host, Steven Brown. And this is the end of 2019. We made it. <laughs> kind of? Yeah, we made it. <laughs> I'm counting it. I have seen all of these... Um, lists on like Twitter and like hey tell us your favorite memory of 2013 what's the most positive thing that happened to you in 2019 yeah. and I've honestly looked at them like uh, hmm. and then I start scrolling yeah well and then it's like oh, what was the last good thing that happened it's like back in 2015 <laughs> I'm like you know before everything just got crazy yeah um, uh, so I think that's part of it there have been some major things though uh, yeah I think this year was so had so much going on in it that you forget this is a this is a year where Rise of Skywalker and Avengers Endgame both came out the same year and yeah. a Joker movie came out in between them right Shazam came out this year Shazam came out in like yeah. the spring yeah it's like the year started with Shazam and like in like February yeah because Venom was like late 2018 oh, wait right? a minute Captain Marvel was this year too yes, <laughs> it's crazy it oh my god yeah that's mind-boggling because like she's been in uh she was in Endgame after that right so she was in two movies this year yeah and then on top of that we got Disney Plus yes and The Mandalorian which just finished and uh, yeah. spoilers, if this just turns into that last episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Because I'm like. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, my God. It was so good that I had no patience for people that were complaining a couple weeks ago. They were like, well, I don't like it anymore. I'm like, what? You didn't like the one Bill Burr episode? I thought the Prison Break episode was one of the best ones. I I thought the the, the ones in the middle were weaker. But I was okay with that. Like I didn't. Yeah, there, there's nothing they did that I minded, which is a little frustrating. I want to find something I don't like about it, and I, I'm like unapologetically, nope. I'm I'm all on board. Well, they. I think they I will say I will say the Mandalorian. I don't know what his name is. They showed his name. Oh, Din. Dejarin? I'll never remember that. They they say it yeah, in the final episode. I think they're gonna yeah, like, minor spoilers for um, but the Mandalorian. Like, not a huge yeah, twist. Though. He's. He's a. Re- I really like him as like a character. Uh, I think it's cool that he's like the this awesome like badass, but he's constantly getting beat up. But it's like, how long does it take this guy to realize like stop showing people this baby? <laughs> it's like every person he shows this baby to is like, I'm gonna steal that baby. From he you. tries not to. No, he. I feel like he's just no, like the Bill Burr episode. He hid the baby in a closet. Yeah. Um. By this one, everybody knows that like. He he ruined the entire planet by taking the baby. Right. Because, like, it just started this whole war, and then the Empire came in and took over. Yeah. Uh, everybody's very mad at the two biker scouts at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one bad guy who's, like, a Darth Vader, uh, you know, light. Oh, Gus Fring in a Darth Vader costume? That is the oh, Breaking Bad guy, right? It is. It's, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. He's uh, he's on Better Cross All now, so he's still doing Gus Fring. Gotcha. Um. That's cool. He's the bad guy. He and he's got like a laser there, sword. And there is like a Gus Fringness to him, where he's just yeah. he's way too calm. Right. Yeah. Um, he might not play any other type of he, character. He's like, you see this big cannon. This yeah. is a big cannon that will shoot you. This is the newer version of the old big cannon that you are very familiar with. That would that kill killed you. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's also the big cannon that they put together in Empire Strikes Back. When they're escaping Hoth, and oh yeah, they're on the Millennium Falcon. They're like, we're leaving. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> 
Because it has a backpack component. Yeah, to it. I think the it's like uh, it comes in like a big case, and it's like the same kind of case we put like film gear in. <laughs> and it's like no matter where you are in the galaxy, it's like good cases are good cases. The chances are it was the case they put film gear yeah, in, yeah. and then Lucas was like, "Just resign, yeah, paint it white." <laughs> the yeah, although although uh, that case is probably the weak point because he just shoots the case when yeah. When he's killing everybody with it. It's, it was great. I mean, the Mandal- I, I stand behind The Mandalorian as being the best Star Wars thing we've gotten in 30 years. And yeah, that's I, after five Disney movies. I think this is the, um, the Star Wars thing I like the most next to Empire Strikes Back. It's the thing I like the most of 2019. Like, it edges out Avengers Endgame. I like Avengers Endgame much more than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it edges out Endgame for me, but Endgame's it's, it's pretty great. It's but definitely the best TV sh- uh, TV I've seen in a long time. I feel like Endgame. Oh, we had Game of Thrones finish this year and oh, shit yeah. the bed. Nobody liked it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Watchmen is huge now. I'm. On... I know it's like uh, that's probably the next show I'll watch. I'm on it. episode six. Uh, oh, you? Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's been my. It's been my show I do while I do stuff in the house. Okay. And then yesterday I started to hook into it and then uh my family was out and they came in in the middle of an episode and I was like fuck <laughs> yeah. you know, hit the Apple TV button. Yeah. Um it is re it's compelling. I'll say that. Like okay. it's hooked me in to be like, okay, what's this story? It's absolutely a sequel to the book. Yeah, not the movie, which is good. Um no, not the movie because it's an alien, a squid monster. They show the squid monster. Oh wow! They show it in like a. They have a flashback episode. That's awesome. To like where um, one of the characters from the show was the day the squid monster showed up. Yeah, and uh, it definitely ties into that. And also, um, Jeremy Irons plays Ozymandias, and they're like, uh, at, originally I was like, well, he's kind of older to play that. Matthew Good played him in the movie, but the. This is in real time. The show takes place in 2019. Oh, the so events of the book were in, in 1985. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, I was thinking of Jeremy Irons in the 80s. I was like, oh yeah, he could play Ozymandias then. Right. I wonder if that's what they did, where they were like, let's, you know, who could conceivably have played him then? I'm sure they did. That's and cool. you know, Jeremy Irons was making movies in the 80s, and yeah, he totally could have been. Yeah. Okay. So it's compelling. It's pulling me in. We had a lot of requests. of like, when are you guys going to cover the Watchmen? I know. We were like, Everyone we're not was... going to watch it. Yeah. And, then... and I've heard from everybody that it's really good and it's worth watching. So it's like, now that The Mandalorian's complete and done with, it's like, all right, I'll trudge on over to HBO Go and watch yeah, this. Yeah, but it's it's definitely a different feeling than Mandalorian. Where oh, Mandal- sure. Mandalorian, I was like, I clearly love this. Yeah, everything um, about this. Watchmen is much more of a modern drama of like, I'm interested to see where this is going. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think those were the those are the two biggest events in in my mind. Uh you have Mandalorian on television and Disney Plus as an app itself has just taken over. Yeah. It's um big. people were joking. We were just talking about this before. People were joking like like what are we going to do with Disney Plus? Now that the Mandalorian's out and the Marvel shows haven't started, oh, everybody's going to quit, which is kind of what happened with CBS. Like, yeah. I, I quit after Star Trek Discovery Season 1 ended. I'll come back next month for Picard and catch up on Star Trek Discovery. But uh, right after saying, like, oh, everybody's going to quit Disney+, Plus, you and I started talking about, like, the multitude of series we were watching. I'm like, yeah, well, I think it's important if you d- if you don't, if there's not a lot of like, I found a lot of stuff that I want to go back and rewatch, like X Men in the '90s cartoon. I'm like, sure, I could put this on in the background while I'm cleaning my apartment. Right. Uh, so it's like I, I'll, I was I'll have watching, a use for it. I, I'm watching Star Wars Rebels the same way. Right. So that's the thing. Everyone was like, these clone troopers from the Mandalorian or whatever the Mandalorian guys that had matching uniforms. They're yeah. all from Clone, the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, there's something. a lot of tie-in because Dave Filoni mm-hmm. created Clone Wars and Rebels, and he's uh, one of the main forces on this. He directed the first episode. Yeah. Um, oh, but Taika Waititi directed this episode. Taika Waititi directed this. By the way, John Favreau did not direct any of them. Not even the first one. No, uh, Dave Filoni directed the first oh, one. Oh, so John Favreau's just like the creator of it. He, but he wrote he wrote all of the ones that are the main story, and then the middle ones that no one liked. Uh, he didn't write, like Chris Yost wrote. Yeah. Um, Chris Yost I've liked, though, because I think he yeah, came like from... Yost. Yeah, I know you don't like He him. came from, like, the Marvel animated movies, which I thought were all bland. Yeah. I haven't liked any of his comics. In fact, you finally brought me the Uncanny X-Force Rick Remender run, 
I because really I kept like reading that. the Chris Yost run, and I'm like, why do people like this? Yeah, you because you're reading the wrong one there. I'm reading the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, this one's dope. This uh, I I hate X Force as a concept. Uh, I like the reimagined concept of X Force as like a Wetworks X Men team that goes out and like assassinates people. Which, yeah, it's a cool concept. It's a cool concept. I would kind of like to dovetail the two of them and have X Force as the Black Ops team that goes, but then put some of the X Force members in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want a cable. Like Cable and Shatterstar would work in that context. Right. Warpath. Yeah. A warp. Although Warpath was in X Force, wasn't it? No, not in this one. Well, he was in that like black. He was suit. in. He was in X Force when they rebooted with that concept, but not Chris in the Yost. Recommended oh, okay. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just want Cable to run it. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, and the, well, the major thing in comics, I think this year is X Men. The, ma- the I can't think of anything in comics that was as impactful as Jonathan Hickman, Hickman taking over, relaunching X Men. Yeah, I was thinking on the way over here. I'm like, uh. uh what were like the big comic things that happened this year that I really liked? And it's like Jason Aaron wrapped up his run on Thor, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Tom King wrapped up his run on Batman, which Tom was King, really good. I still oh, have that last issue I haven't read yet. It was good. Yeah. Um, although that Batman Catwoman, everybody thought it was going to be the next month. It keeps getting pushed back. Oh. And he's like, I think Clay Mann is drawing it. Oh, I and, love Clay Mann. Well, that's what it is. They're treating it as a high-end limited series, not as that's the good. rest of the run. So he's like, oh, yeah, he's really taking his time with it. Which is going to be awesome. Because it's, it's not even solicited yet, which means we're not going to see it until, so at least like, four months out April. Because the solicitations came out this past week, too. Yeah, and they, and it was not in there. And that's been a meme lately of, like, people, like, um, where's Batman Catwoman? I did, like, um, I don't know if it was the start of this year. I think, I think it was in January, but... Marvel um, got the rights back, I think, to Conan the Barbarian. So they relaunched Conan right. this year, which I really liked. Um, they put out the original Marvel Years Omnibus for Conan mm-hmm. came out. I got two A lot of, of Barry Windsor Smith in there, a lot of John yeah, Buscema. The first one was all the Barry Windsor Smith with a little John Buscema, and the second one is, uh, I think, mostly John Buscema. Um, which I'm obviously a huge fan of. Volume three is coming out this coming year, so and I think there's a fourth one coming out. I was like, I don't know how far I'm going to go with these, but I'll read them well, as long too, as they do that. Like uh, that's what they do with the Tomb of Dracula on episodes. Oh yeah, which by the way are crazy expensive now. You can't find them. Yeah, I was thinking about it because I I never really cared for um uh what's his name that does the art in uh, Tomb of Dracula. That's a lot of Gene Colan. Gene Colan. You don't care for Gene Colan? I didn't. And then I uh was reading this Captain America omnibus that he did and he's in the second one uh that Stanley wrote and I love uh I love this book. I'm like super into it. So Gene I Col- Gene, there's a lot of really good Gene Colan Daredevil stuff out there. Yeah. He did Daredevil for a long time and there's also um really good uh, Batman run he did in the 80s when he left Marvel like right before Crisis okay he did uh, Jerry Conway was writing and he did a lot of that stuff and it's great he was really good with like atmospheric dark yeah which is stuff. exactly why his Dracula is such a big deal I guess and people consider that his best work yeah and see now I'm like uh, there's so much of it which is kind of like I'm like ah, I don't need to read all of Dracula right. <laughs> you know and as a kid I was like this isn't even in the Marvel Universe but then every now and then he shows up though so he does there's, an, there's an X-Men annual where he bites Storm yeah he turns all the X-Men into vampires like Wolverine is a vampire <laughs> yeah he like turns Storm into um, the bride of Dracula yeah so um and it always bugged me because they drew him. They uh, they couldn't draw him like Bela Lugosi, which is what everybody thought Dracula was at that point. Yeah. Um. Really, there was Bela Lugosi, and then to a lesser extent, there was Christopher Lee, and those were the movie Draculas at that point. Right. We hadn't had like Francis Ford Coppola or uh, The Lost Boys or Interview with a Vampire yet. So you can't draw Dracula like Bela Lugosi because his family owns the rights. Yeah. So they drew him. They just kind of created their own design, but they gave him this goatee. He has a goatee. It's weird. It always freaked me out, even as a kid. Whenever I don't like Dracula with facial hair, yeah, because I have a beard right now, and keeping sauce out of it is an issue. So blood. You if think- you have a all blood diet <laughs> yeah. and a beard, that is your disgusting. beard's red. Disgusting. Yeah. Not only is it red, it's all clumped up. Yeah. It's, it's gross. So dried up. And you know, you know how blood like turns brown? Yeah. It doesn't stay red. But no, I've never read that stuff and I've always wanted to. I think 
doesn't Blade come out of that run? Yeah, I think that's uh, because I follow a account on Instagram, which is pretty dope. It's called like Voyage Through Marvel, Mm -hmm. and so the guy just posts like a couple panels from a different book, like every couple days or something like this. And he's been posting a lot of the stuff, so I'm seeing a lot of artwork that I'd never seen before because it's in collections I'll never buy. And uh, it's the Gene Colan Dracula stuff, and it's like blades in every one of them. He's got like goggles and like a green and orange costume. Oh, he's got a terrible costume. Yeah, it's like uh, Blade's a weird character. But Blade has a bad costume from. until Wesley Snipes plays Blade. And then yeah. since then, they're, they're, yeah. Marvel has done they Wesley Snipes to the point where Wesley Snipes won't sue them. Yeah. What I what I do like about Blade is uh, I don't I uh, I don't like this era we live in where everyone's an Avenger. You know, basically is Blade an Avenger. Post, he is post Bendis. It's like pretty much everyone's been made an Avenger at this point. But and Jason Aaron has been. I think this also might be true, but this actually might be two years ago. Is he took over Avengers? I think it was two years ago. So I've been, it's been like an okay run. He's setting up a lot of stuff that sounds awesome. Jason Aaron did a great run on Thor, but Jason Aaron's like one of those guys where it's like, uh, he's a really good idea, man. His ideas are great. And then the execution is just kind of like, like the war of the realms. I like Bendis. Uh, yeah, a little, a little less. Bendis writes great starts to stories. Right. And then but, he, he tries to not write the ending. Yeah, because he's always trying to like lead it into the next thing. I yeah, think he gets like, to, bored. <laughs> like, yeah, he gets bored and he hides the ending in the beginning of his next story. Yeah, and then you look back at the whole run and you were like, there, there was nothing. Right, like, everything. There's a lot of good setups. Everything was a ramp up. Yeah, but they made Blade an Avenger, and he has like on his shoulder like a little baby man thing. Which is awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just like that. a tiny little thing that like hangs like, out with like him. a Babu Frick. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. By um, the way, I feel bad for Babu Frick because they clearly were ramping him up to be the big viral thing. Oh, and then Baby Yoda just totally pulled the rug yep. out from under him. And you know what? Babu Frick, very entertaining. Yeah. For like the five minutes he's in, he beats the Porgs hands down. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing can stand in the way of Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, comics. I I feel like it's it's interesting because we're talking about the endings of runs. Yeah, one you know big what I major did run like that came out. I still like Nick Spencer's Spider Man, but I believe he started in twenty eighteen. Yeah, he might have started earlier too. It's been okay. It's like I can't really point to anything like Hunted. I really liked. Yeah, Hunted was I good. Really liked Hunted. Um, right now, the last few issues have been. See, I'm three issues behind because I'm just like, it's okay. I'll read it in one. Well, the problem right know. now is it's leading into a lot of other Marvel initiatives. It's not really yeah. telling his own well, they story. They did that own, like, Venom they, Carnage God thing. Yeah, they did that absolute Carnage. I read issue one of it and I liked it, but I didn't feel like reading the rest of them. But I did read the Spider-Man stories. And now the last three issues have been, like, bringing 2099 back. Right. Which I didn't realize was gone because, like, Spider-Man 2099. He's, didn't he just have a series that did. Peter David was writing? A couple. Where he, and he changed his costume. And yeah. now they're making a big deal of him coming back. So I'm like, I'm kind of being patient about it and being like, all right, when are you going to tell your own story again? Right. Um, I would rather that uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man was doing all this stuff and Amazing could just Do tell, monthly, tell a, a straight yeah, up Spider-Man, Spider-Man story. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've read. I Like I said, I'm like three issues behind. Fantastic Four has been getting really good. Um, it has been, and I haven't been reading it regularly right. anymore. It was on my pull list, and then I I dropped it, and every time there's been a comicsology sale, I've caught up, and I'm like, oh, I really like Yeah, that. I'm yeah. liking this story. Uh, but the other thing I really liked that Marvel did this year was uh, this was the 80th anniversary of Marvel, and they did, um, Mark Wade wrote The History of the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah, you were issues. talking about that. It was awesome. They also did that Marvel Comics 1000, where yeah, like, that everybody was, did a page. That was really cool. And then um, I got into those um, Grand Design books this year, which he's, I think he yeah. started this year on his second or third X-Men book, and now yeah, Ed Piscor he's doing the, done the X-Men. Fantastic the third Four. one is out. In fact, the third one, there is a big end of the year sale on Comixology, mm. And the third one is like 80 cents an issue right now. Yeah. So I'm like, I should get that. I think they the... just solicited an omnibus for all his X-Men stuff. Yeah, I don't know that I need it on the shelf, but I do want to read it. So yeah. I think digital might be enough. I'm at the point now where the holidays are over and I've gotten some cool stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to spend any more money. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's all these like end of the year sale. Yeah. Look at this. Look at that. There's two Marvel Legends sets about to drop, by the way. 2019 was 
the best year for Marvel Legends there ever was. It broke you. Yeah, I got. Uh, I started the year with none Marvel Legends, and I have ended the year now with ten Marvel Legends. <laughs> so it's. Crazy. I feel like uh, pretty much every comic fan should have that story. Yeah. Well, it's like you get to a point, and it's like you do kind of just get broken by these things. It's just like they're just too good. It, yeah, it's like uh, it is crazy. I was looking over. Um, the different omnibuses and stuff that came out this year and the Conan ones I really liked. Uh, I had read that stuff previously, um, but the Barry Windsor Smith art is incredible. And then the John Buscema stuff's great. By the way, I love that we now say Conan the Barbarian. Um, cause we, oh, cause we could be talking about Conan the Comedian. You, well, that was the thing. It was, it was always Conan. It was like you put the emphasis on the like Conan the Barbarian, like oh, when the Schwarzenegger movie was yeah. out. And then when Conan O'Brien came out, he was Conan. Right. So, so, People wouldn't constantly make that joke because he said that's all he got growing up. Oh. And now Conan O'Brien is such a Big. ubiquitous force that now he's just Conan the o- Conan the O-Barbarian. Conan the Comedian and Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Conan O-Barbarian. Yeah. Um, that was really dope. Um, really liking that. Yeah. Uh, the one- Oh, Mark Wade's. Uh, I was waiting for this for a long time. Um, Mark Wade's Fantastic Four omnibus came out this year. Oh, I had the I have the oversized yeah. hardcovers. And he signed them. Yeah, he signed them. Yeah, so you're not getting rid yeah. of those. But I never I never got his signature on that when we met him. So when they I've been waiting for that omnibus for a long time. Well, I got him. Um, to, yeah, you weren't able to make it, and he signed Your Kingdom Come because I brought it with me. Oh, don't you have a signed? I do have. I know I have a signed Kingdom Come, but I thought I had it signed. No, you him. weren't there. You, I think you were working at the shop back I then. Met this him. is this is a few years ago. We met him a couple of times. Yeah, because he, he would be at all. Yeah, a few times. Hmm. And but as entertaining as his books. Um. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh. One of the major things of 2019 that neither you or I have experienced yet was Disney opened Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah. Where um, Star Wars parks. Star Wars park, which they opened with uh, Smuggler's Run, which you go on the Millennium Falcon and fly the Millennium Falcon. And that's gotten mixed reviews because you because it's a game, um, you can't practice it. So a lot of people are like, yeah, I waited like three hours for this ride, and then I flew into a wall mm. and fucked it up, and that yeah. wasn't that great. It would oh, I think a lot of people would have been better if like – They had tried it and then got to try like it you again. you could turn the game off. You know, it might be smart because they have these um, – they have several cockpits at once that I think are in the mountain behind the Millennium Falcon. Like mm-hmm. it leads you out of the ship. Okay. You do walk on the ship. Yeah. But then it leads you outside, but you think you're getting on the cockpit. Um, it wouldn't be a bad idea. And obviously I can't second-guess Disney, but uh, I applied for a job at Disney this year and they just said no. <laughs> oh, at least they said no. They said Some no, Some people yeah. don't hear from them. You know, they're just like – That's true. I heard from them worth, uh... – I heard from them long enough where I'd forgotten I had applied. Yeah. So I have no influence on Disney whatsoever. Mm. Uh, I couldn't even get into Marvel before they were owned by Disney. Yeah. But it it would be, you know, Star Tours is randomized now where sometimes you get like Kylo Ren and sometimes you get Darth Vader. Um, It might be a good idea to either randomize it or give you the choice to be like, look, do you want to do the game or do you want to just have the game run itself? Right. But then they opened Rise of the Resistance, which people are saying is the greatest ride that Disney has ever made. Which is saying something because the— Because they've been doing it for like 60 years. Yeah, they're the uh, company that makes the best rides as far as I know. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this on the show before, but another great thing in 2019, on the Disney app, there's a six-part documentary called The Imagineer Story. Oh, yeah. Which is just about the design of the rides and the parks, and I I was fascinated, like— but they were putting everything out on Fridays, and I would I got into a rhythm of uh, watching The Mandalorian first, then watching Jeff Goldblum, yeah. and I'm all caught up on Jeff Goldblum, and then uh, then watching this Imagineer story, and they talk about the work and the effort they put into these, and they actually end the series with Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that's cool. So they show it's like the newest stuff. those rides, yeah. But uh, neither you or I have been there. I was we were both there fairly recently. I actually might have been there at the start of this year. But they, they didn't have any of the Star Wars stuff built. No, yet. the park wasn't open. I was there two years ago, mm-hmm. and they there was a lot of construction going on. They were mm-hmm. basically just digging up the land. Oh, no, I, I was, was there. there last year, definitely. Yeah, so you've year. been there since I was there. Yeah, and, and that was the first time I went on the uh, Avatar ride. Oh, yeah, I and couldn't even get onto that. That ride, I thought, this is the it's, that was, to me, the best ride I've ever been on. So if the Star Wars ride is better than that, if it's like the next generation You're version of that is. ride... Then it's, I'm sure it's insane. Yeah, and I, I walked through Pandora, but I couldn't, I could not get on the, 
the ride at all. But now they're saying in 2021, they're having this hotel experience. Yeah, which is like they're saying the word experience. Well, that's what threw me was I heard about this when they opened the park and I was like, ah, maybe I'll I'll just wait for the hotel. That'll be like, uh, it'll probably be twice the price, but it'll be like just icing on the cake of like, oh, after we go to Galaxy's Edge, we get to stay in the Star Wars hotel. And um, years ago, Bill Monroe and I went to the Star Star Trek experience in Las Vegas which is no longer there. They they closed it down when Star Trek wasn't really doing anything mm-hmm. before the J.J. Abrams movies. But they had like they had two rides, and they, you could go on the bridge of the Enterprise, and they had a motion simulator ride, and they had a Borg ride, and in they had like a museum online where they had actual props, and in the center was Quark's Bar from Deep Space Nine, where you could eat and drink, and I thought it'd be like that, and that was really fun. Yeah. Um. So so it was like great. It'd be the Star Wars hotel, but now they're talking about it. They meant. They use the phrase, it's a Disney cruise on land. Yeah, which means it's like a fully, it's like a park. Yeah, but you have like a scheduled agenda weekend with all of this stuff to do mm-hmm. that you would not do if you had the park. And 24-hour access to Galaxy. Yeah, Edge. that's crazy. So so say you have insomnia. Wake right. up at 2.30 in the morning. You want to go to you, the Castle Run or whatever. Yeah, you want to go walk around the Millennium Falcon at 2.30 in the morning when no one's there. Go ahead. Yeah, like, that's weird. Dude, I would drink. I, I would, yeah, I mean, would stay up all night. Yeah, to do that. it's like it's Candyland. Yeah, I mean, I went through. Uh, I went through Hogwarts and couldn't get on any of the rides, and that was really exciting. The one downside of of uh, actually, I didn't even go to Hogwarts. I went to Diagon Alley because it split up yeah, between it's two, two parks. parks. And the only problem with Diagon Alley because it it's like all these narrow alleyways and streets because that's how it's designed to be accurate, like the book. Mm-hmm. It was hard to walk around. Yeah, it's fun. Those rides were really cool to uh, one more than the other because um, we had done that when we were there. Uh, but yeah, and then now I've heard that, that there's all these like plans. They're building Marvel parks and stuff. It's just like, good Lord. It's like uh, there are plans for three different Marvel parks. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, they would be in, I think, Anaheim. I don't know. No, no, it's probably Orlando. But they'd be Orlando, Paris, and Hong Kong. Yeah. Like, Two, and they'd be all different. One of the things I learned in the Imagineering story was that all the parks are different now. When they originally opened Euro Disney, they were just like, you know, Florida and California are basically the same park. Right. They have a, a few rides. That, sure. Yeah, Florida's much bigger because the land was cheaper. And California has a few rides. Like they have an Indiana Jones ride and a Guardians of the Galaxy ride that they don't have in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But uh, Euro Disney really struggled when it opened because they just basically like put Orlando in Paris and – French people did not care. Yeah. And since then, they've catered each park to, to that culture. Where, yeah, like, and which makes sense. Yeah, like the Hong Kong one is, is really yeah. about Chinese culture. That and, uh, was an expensive lesson for Disney to learn. Yes, it was. <laughs> you know? And again, <laughs> it's all in that to. documentary. Yeah. Uh, but now, so now there's basically like six completely different Disney parks. And there are people that... That's their thing. Oh, yeah. Is they just go to Disney all people. of them. Like, nope. I didn't realize, which is weird because uh, I grew up with him, but my brother, uh, Michael, yeah, uh, goes to Disney every single year. Wow. Every year he goes to Disney. He's one of those people. And I, it's like, it's some people do that where they're just like, they're Disney family, you know, and they go every year, you know. We grew up kind of like that. You know, we went a lot. We went like every other year. Um yeah, my mom basically saved up for two years to take. My all family's there. there now. They went for Christmas. Yeah, they didn't invite us. Right? Yeah, well, you know what happens. <laughs> but you know, they my had, sister and I didn't uh, have to miss a podcast. David, Lisa, and Tina are going in a month, and I didn't get invited. There so you, go. you know, it's just it happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's not on Christmas. Uh, that's also true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is pretty. It, it these experiences are pretty stunning. So I'm going to wait until that hotel experience is open before I yeah. do Galaxy's Well, that's Edge. what I kind of like is like, I don't mind going back. I think it's nice to wait every couple of years because then they build all this new shit, but then wait until the newest shit opens and then go on the old new shit that is less crowded now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, when we went, we got to see Muppet Vision over and over again. Right, it and really it's just fun. like, oh yeah, Muppet Vision, great. I love that. Yeah, so that... That's another huge thing that happened. Uh, I do. F- it was interesting because with movies, they kept talking about how there are movies that are breaking records, and they kept talking about oh the box office is down. And I'm like, 
Fuck you. You made Avengers Endgame. Yeah. It made like $2 billion. I, Don't complain to me that you were disappointed that, that Rise of Skywalker was number one but wasn't the biggest movie. You also made Joker for nothing and yeah. made a billion dollars with it. It's yeah. like we used to have reasons to be happy, I feel like. I, 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 it's like because every movie doesn't make a billion dollars, people are salty. Yeah, and it's like there were a lot of high-profile bombs. Uh, right right now they say Cats is the worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah, I'm like morbidly curious about it, but I refuse to pay to go see it. Yeah, What's Mike, Mike Trucker, like, who's a good friend of ours who's been on the podcast, saw it opening weekend like after seeing Star Wars Yeah, just to see how bad it was. Right, I've heard so, it's a train wreck. It's a completely train wreck. Before that was Hellboy, which I just saw on HBO. Which and, is a gigantic My bomb. God, it's awful. I'm curious. Uh, I will say it's like people that be like, oh, you know, movie theater attendance is down or whatever the, you know, movies are doing terrible. And it's like uh, all evidence to the contrary. It's like the same people that say like the economy's doing so great. And it's like, really? (laughs) It's like, is it though? It's like, uh, (laughs) it's all how you look at the numbers. It's like, you know, I, I feel like this was a year where it was very easy to ignore Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I keep forgetting that movie like came out. I know because it, and I feel like that was the big thing this year was the movies that felt unnecessary didn't do well. Like there yeah, were a like, bunch. I of didn't movies. really want another Hellboy movie. No, I don't think anyone wanted another Hellboy movie. Certainly not. Guillermo one. del Toro wanted one, but I think he wanted his. I wanted his third Hellboy. I wanted movie. another Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movie with Ron Perlman, definitely. But when that was wasn't going to happen, I didn't want anything. I certainly right. didn't want what I watched two weeks ago. <laughs> Dark Phoenix was another one. It was like they they never figured that franchise out. It and, was like every yeah. time they made a Logan, they made an apocalypse. Yeah. Every time they made a Deadpool, they made a Dark Phoenix. And they did. And they could have stopped with Deadpool too. That's what's really frustrating. I reread um, Dark Phoenix maybe two years ago and, I, you know, the omnibus, so it's yeah. like everything leading up to it. And then I just rewatched the uh, Dark Phoenix saga that they did in the cartoon. And Which the, is really faithful. It's yeah, like, I mean, that cartoon is like, there's a few changes, obviously, you know, like Colossus isn't there. Colossus becomes Rogue, and Beast right. becomes, and Nightcrawler becomes Beast. That's it. Right. Like, they have the same lines. Right. It's like, everything else is like, happens pretty much as it does, so they do a pretty good job. But I'm just like, how did they, the Fox, the studio, cock up the greatest superhero story of all time. <laughs> twice. Well, I do, do want to know. Twice they fucked it up. I do want to know how, but I do not want to spend money on it. That's why I was glad right. to see Hellboy on HBO. Right. Yeah. You'll I, see it where it's like uh, you're not paying f- specifically they for They have it. to dump Dark Phoenix somewhere. Yeah. And we don't have any X-Men movies on Disney+. Plus, so I don't know if the plan is that it'll go there. Um. Yeah, I, I'm curious uh, where those will end up, but they they might they just might not. You I feel know? Like eventually, uh, Ryan Reynolds did say this week that uh, he is working on Deadpool three with Disney. That's interesting. So it's definitely happening. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that was everyone says like the only thing that'll kind of uh, the only thing Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool is going to be like the Miles Morales of the Ultimate Universe. It's like kill everything else around it, yes. just suck out this one thing that people seem to enjoy. Yeah, or Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I do feel like uh I do feel like there is still some love to have Hugh Jackman back. I I don't want to see Wolverine as great as Logan was. I still feel like he's not that old yet. I uh, yeah, I I get it because it's like Harrison Ford is 70 and Harrison Ford's almost 80. Yeah, but he just played a uh old Han Solo. He's going to be Indiana Jones one more time. I don't really care about Hugh Jackman as Wolverine that much. He's a good Wolverine, but it's like We've only had one dude ever play Wolverine live action. This isn't like the Joker or like, um, um, you know, Batman, where we've had multiple versions or Spider Man. It's like we could try another guy and yeah, just but see if it's, we it's do a it. matter of time. I mean, the only I th- I feel like the only uh, the only characters now. You know what? I'm taking that back because we got another Han Solo in 2018. Uh, I was yeah. I was gonna say the only ones we really become attached to are the ones created in movies because James Bond were, were books first, Batman were comics first. Yeah, you know they're all interpretations in a right. way. We Wolverine was in many animated series and many many comics yeah. before now, and I was like, well, you, it's it's harder to replace somebody like Indiana Jones who was created as a movie, but uh, now we got another Han Solo. We'll probably get another Indiana Jones. 
Yeah. Well, we did because what's his name played Indiana Jones? Too. Oh, that TV show. Yeah, that and wasn't good. River oh, River Phoenix, Phoenix played him played, in some, yeah, in a movie. In a movie. Yeah. So we've had other versions of a lot of these characters. Wolverine. It's like it's just been this one dude. Give it to somebody else. You know, let him do something different. Yeah, but I, I still. Uh, I think what it is is Ryan Reynolds and uh, Hugh Jackman have such like a rivalry going. Oh yeah, that you want to see them in a movie together. And they're both Canadian. Well, uh, no, Ryan Reynolds Hugh Jackman is, is Australian, right? But Ryan yes. Reynolds is Canadian, so it's Ryan like, Reynolds is he Canadian. wants to play a Canadian superhero. Go for it. You want to yeah. be Deadpool? Sure. Well, Ryan Reynolds also comes out of improv first, and he was, does he? Yeah, he was an improv guy, and he was on a sitcom. Uh, with terrible sitcom called Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, it was. I like, it was like it was in that era where everybody was trying to do Friends again, right? And they were like, it was the funniest um, reaction because it bombed, and it was Ryan Reynolds and like another guy, and it was the the, uh, the girl who's in like Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey, and Nathan Fillion was on it a lot. I think he wasn't mm. like one of the guys, but he was on it, and I remember it bombed, and they said. Uh, and the network's like, we retooled it. It's going to be really good for season two. And they said, well, what have you changed? We got rid of the pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> totally different show. And then it got canceled. Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds comes from comedy. Like, he made movies like Van Wilder. Yeah, I like uh, I like Ryan Reynolds. I I shouldn't, you know, well, I but I do. He's Ryan like, Reynolds he's figured funny. Out, he's he handsome. Figured out who he is, though. Yeah. So it's like he's, I, uh, I, I. Uh, even like he's in some video game movie coming out that I'm like, that looks good. He's in a Netflix movie now, like called Underground Six mm. that I haven't seen, but I kind of, I'm kind of want to see it cause he's in it. There was that movie made RIPD. It was like him and uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah. I saw that. That was based on a comic. Yeah. They said it was terrible. Was it bad? Uh, it wasn't good. Okay. I get it confused a lot with, um, I still want to see it. <laughs> there's another movie that's like an action movie based it on a comic. It looked like it was men in black, but. Um, not, not done as well. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Uh, I can't remember anything about it, so that's not a good sign. Well, that was another thing. They rebooted Men in Black and with and Chris Hemsworth and a bomb, but yeah. it was just easy. Again, it's like, do I need a reboot of Men in Black? No, maybe Sony did, but yeah, I yeah, and I liked those two in Thor Ragnarok together. Yeah. So it's like I was excited about that movie. Did you and see it? No, I never got around to it. It's like the female Ghostbusters movie. I'm like, I liked. I just rewatched the female Ghostbusters yeah. movie, and I still like it. I have never seen it. It's it's fun because, like, if you take out Ghostbusters, like, people were salty that they were replacing Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, but if you take it by itself, and this you don't... This is th- exactly the defense I use for the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie. <laughs> it's like... Well, then I gotta uh, back way up. No, yeah, well, yeah. I, no, no, yeah, watch it again. I, Try I, it again. I, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm backing this up with more yeah. is that... Uh, Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, and Leslie Jones are all really funny. Yeah. Three out of the four of them were cast members on Saturday Night Live and were always great. Mm-hmm. And it's the four of them being funny. Yeah. And the movie's funny. And, and Chris, Chris Hemsworth Hel- is funny. Chris Hemsworth is hilarious in it, and that's why we have Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because Marvel saw that and was like, oh, oh you're yeah, funny? Oh, yeah, this guy's funny. Let's... Oh, we'll give you more jokes then. Right. Um, so that alone is good. The Matthew Broderick Godzilla is not funny. It's well, Hank Azaria's in it. He's hilarious. Yeah, Hank Azaria can't. Save a whole movie. Well, Matthew Braddock's in it. Yeah, Matthew Braddock's not always funny. What about the guy from The Professional, Leon The Professional? He's in it. He's John Renault? Yeah. He's, he's not funny. Well, he's not funny, but he's, no, he's <laughs> pretty funny in this. He does an Elvis impression. Oh, my God. That sounds painful. <laughs> no, it's good. It's funny. Oh, I just rewatched Galaxy Quest, too. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. Why we never got a sequel There's to There's got to be a sequel in the works. I don't know. It's, it's 20 years old now. Yeah. I started to see these articles that Galaxy Quest is now 20 years old. That's incredible. And then um, ben, ben and I were like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. We'll put it on. And then I made Ben watch Star Trek First Contact, and he said it was pretty good. Oh, that's good. And it was the one with uh, the Borg. Yeah, the Borg. That's the... a good one. Yeah. And he's like- and Every they... other Star Trek movie. Everybody hates Star Trek in my house. And so it, they, to the point where it's uncomfortable for me to watch Star Trek in my own house. Yeah. If anyone else is in the house, Can't they will it. walk in the room and belittle me. How are you watching this show? They'll shit? be like, oh. And I'm like, you know what? I've been into this show since before half of this family was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've been into the show for like th- 37 years. I've been into Star Trek. It's not up to you to tell me I'm not like it anymore. Right. It's not hurting me. It's not crack. It's not hurting them either, John. No, it's not even it's not even really annoying them. It's a mild 
bothering that they don't even have to be a part of. Right. Uh, they did announce. Uh, well, that was the other thing. Star Trek Discovery season two is supposed to be, is supposed to be great. So that's Star Trek's been back on track. There there were multiple talks of like Quentin Tarantino making a Star Trek movie. That Chris Pine is coming back for a Star Trek four. Although this week Simon Pegg was like, yeah, nobody talked to us about it. So maybe it's a different cast. Hmm. But Star Trek has been. I feel like Star Trek slowly but surely has gotten back on its feet. Yeah. Since um, because even the Chris Pine movies, the first one did really well. Second one didn't really do well that well and it didn't lead to anything i really like that third one and didn't make money yeah i saw the third one once and i remember thinking at the time visually it was the most like incredible movie i'd ever the seen the story was fun it was paced well yeah it, it felt like good uh old star trek yeah um, idris elba was the bad guy in it yeah but um yeah it's star trek it's just it's like uh the planet of the apes it's like i kind of always forget about it and then every time i watch mm. it, i'm like ah, oh, this is good See, but yeah, the difference is Planet of the Apes is like eight movies over 40 years. With Star Trek, there's like 900 episodes. Yeah, well, yeah. So it's like, it's very, it's very very easy. Entry is tough. Speaking of sci fi, 2019 was a year we got no Doctor Who. And oh, yeah. Tina was telling me about this that they were just kind of like, why didn't we get any Doctor Who this year? But then it is coming back. It's coming back uh, New Year's Day. Yeah. There'll be a special. They didn't do a Christmas special? No, they're doing a New Year's special instead. Mm. Uh, it's because they made that lady Doctor Who. <laughs> Maybe, but that season wasn't that. Her season wasn't good, mm. and I hate to say it. Right now, it's on sale on iTunes. It's like ten bucks for the season, and I don't think it's streaming anywhere. And I'm like, well, maybe I should give it a second chance. And then I was like, I don't want to spend ten dollars. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not like, even ten dollars. The price not of a movie ticket, even ten dollars. Yeah, uh, I will watch the special to see if it's gotten better. Every Doctor's second season is their best. Yeah, but like after that season, I was just kind of tired tired of doctor who and it's like tardis happened again and we've had several episodes live from tardis doing panels and i didn't even like go yeah like i didn't even mention it i was just like i just felt kind of done with doctor who and it's like it's gonna take a lot to hook me back in especially as, as i said with all of the other franchises up and running i mean yeah star wars is taking over the star trek spot where growing up star trek was always on and it was pretty good, or it was good, or it was bad. And Star Wars was always great, but you had to wait years and years to get any Star Wars. Right. But now we're getting Star Wars every week. Yeah, well, The Mandalorian especially is, what's crazy is that uh, we'll get a second season of The Mandalorian before any of those Marvel shows are ready. We'll get a second season of The Mandalorian before we get another Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get a, the next movie we're getting is a Black Widow movie next summer. Right. So we have another six months before we get a Marvel movie, and there is they have not announced a Star Star Wars movie. They've announced a lot of people working on Star Wars. Right, movies. but there's no official title, no official release date. Obviously, they're making another one. Right, and they said uh, the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan show is not going to be ready till 2021. I think in all the Marvel shows, I think don't the Rogue... until 2021 either. I think no. I think we're getting something in 2020. I um, Winter Soldier oh, and Falcon is the first. Uh, okay. I think we're getting that. Spring, maybe summer. I wouldn't be surprised if we get it in like March, April, because then it'll lead up to Black Widow. And when you think about it, Falcon and Winter Soldier are characters that are most like Black Widow. So it'll it'll set you up. And then we're getting WandaVision, I think, is the next one. And that's probably going to be summer, fall. Um, so announced for, I guess, technically phase four. Yeah, fall 2020 is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Ooh, okay. The Eternals is November 2020. Right. Black Widow is in uh, May. Now, originally, Marvel, they posted release dates without movies. So there is, in 2020, a release date for a movie that has not been announced yet. Right. So it's 7-31-2020 is an empty slot. We don't know what that is. Now, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that that's where they'll put some of the Fox characters. Like, is it a Fantastic Four movie? Is it an X-Men movie? I think we but would have heard something by now if we Kevin Feige heard said they Eternals. are years away from announcing an X-Men movie. Yeah, I think FF2, I think they're going to kind of take a break. But 2021... Yeah, my, theory, my theory about FF is they're going to show up in somebody else's movie before they get a movie. Yeah, we've talked a lot about maybe in Black Panther, but that's a years away still. So, yeah. But 2021 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in February. In spring is WandaVision. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is in May 2021. 
Loki's in spring 2021. What if is summer 2021? Oh, and Loki's a show. And yeah, what Loki's if is a, a show. show. What if is a show? Hawkeye's a show. Fall 2021. Mm-hmm. Thor: Love and Thunder is November 5th. And that's 2021. the Taika YTT fourth movie. Yeah, Black Panther 2 is the only movie title released out of the three scheduled for 2022. And then, and then we're also getting She-Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and Blade are oh all to be God. determined of when those will be coming out. Yeah. But those have all been officially announced, which is crazy. Yep, and I've, well, I've got my Marvel, I've got my Disney Plus until 2022, so. You'll have all of them. I'm watching <laughs> Well, maybe everything. not Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. We don't know where those are going to land, but. Yeah, and, um, you know. Every now and then, one of these things gets canceled before it comes out. Yeah. Where just like, ah, think, it's not working. I think with the Marvel, the MCU stuff, it's like uh, between the movies and the Disney Plus, those shows, I think, will all happen. Yeah. Whether or not they're all going to get multiple seasons, I don't know. Well, that was the thing. I think they were all... They, I was surprised that Mandalorian got a second season because I was under the impression that these were all limited series. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't really think that. I think like something like Obi-Wan Kenobi might be a limited series. Yeah. But I think when it's an original character created for a show, mm. it's like if it does really well, I, just think about it this well, way. I could see that Rogue One show being multiple seasons. Cassie yeah, that's I'm so confused by that. Um, it's a prequel. Yeah, that's all you need to know. It's I a, guess. It's a prequel of just... Prequels are always hard for me because it's like uh, nothing... Ter- like, here's it, for instance. I'm watching the last episode of The Mandalorian, and I was on edge thinking like, oh my God, he could get killed because he could get killed. It's not a prequel to anything. If I'm going to watch right. like the prequels, I'm not really ever worried about Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. because I know how Obi-Wan Kenobi dies. You know, Although Star Wars is in this interesting place now where prequels and sequels don't matter. What matters is, is this character in something else? And The Mandalorian is all original characters. Yeah. But now they have this whole timeline established where um, Mandalorian is a sequel to Return of the Jedi and a prequel to Force Awakens. Where they just find a point and drop that in. Yeah. Well, what's nice about The Mandalorian, which it it's one of the first things that um, really doesn't have anything to do with that I've seen. I'm sure there's more. But as far as like the material I've seen, it's one of the few things where it's like, yeah, the whole universe doesn't know all about like the Jedis and the Sith. Yeah. And in The Mandalorian, there's a lot of dialogue in this in the last episode where they're basically like, the Jedi are like wizards. They don't really know what they are. Yeah, like like the baby Yoda is using the Force, and they're like, "What did he do?" Yeah, the, it's like, not like common knowledge that Yoda existed. No, and that's the interesting thing because where they leave the Mandalorian, and again, it's not really a major spoiler, but it's, it looks like they're setting up season two of they're trying to find baby Yoda's uh, like his homeworld. kind. Yeah, it's like ET. <laughs> and but immediately I thought yeah, it's ET if Elliot had his own spaceship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was a huge badass. ET they waited for the spaceship to come back. Yeah. Uh but so immediately I thought like I was explaining cuz Ben's like wait, what happened? And it was like, oh, well, they're going to find his homeworld and he's like Dagobah. I was like Maybe? I don't know that that's where Yoda comes from. I don't think it is. The more I thought about it, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda is alone. There's not like you don't get the sense that like he has a family five miles away. There's a Yoda town. Right. Well, he has no family, but Jedi's don't have families. Right. But I didn't get the impression that there was another village. Yeah, I didn't think he was like a hermit on a planet of Yodas. I thought he's on a a basically uninhabited swamp planet. Yes. Well, inhabited by lots of creatures. Well, uh, uninhabited by intelligent life with like a culture. You know. Yeah, I agree. And so I think he went there to hide because we do see in Revenge of the Sith that like the Wookiees like put him in a pod and he's like, yeah, I'm going here. Bye, Chewbacca. Yeah. And that's a place where they wouldn't look for him, Um, which is what when I talked about this last week. What really bothers me about the new trilogy more than anything else was that when I was rewatching Force Awakens, they make such a big deal out of like, where's Luke? We've been looking for Luke for 20 years. And then the last Jedi is like, he's right where you left him. Yeah. He had that village where he was raising Jedi and Kylo Ren was in that village. And then Kylo Ren started killing everybody and he stayed there. And like, it's, that would be the first place you look. And it's a village on an island. It's and it's not a big island. No, <laughs> you know it's like it's really upsetting. Yeah, uh. like did they land? Did they land on the island? And he just hid behind a rock. Yeah, it's like no one's here. <laughs> Go away. Who is it? It's the Joker. Well, that's not uh, Luke. Not, not Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, Star Trek. It's fine. <laughs> or Star Wars. I thought you just jumped back to Star Trek as a. So what was your what was. 
your favorite thing that happened in 2019? Obviously, there was a lot of garbage yeah. that happened in the culture. I, it's hard to say. I think it's like uh, Mandalorian was definitely the most entertaining uh, television I've watched in yeah. 2019. I think Avengers Endgame is still the biggest movie of 2019 uh, for me. Um, comics, I'd say uh, Mark Wade's History of the Marvel Universe was just a joy. Uh, I to read that. Yeah, that's, I think the trade's out. Um, I'm sure there's other really dope stuff that happened. Now, what are you lo- most looking forward to in 2020? It's a good question. Um, I, 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 I'm vaguely unenthusiastic about the Black Widow. It's like, I'll go see it, obviously, but it's like, uh, it's just kind of like, it's a spy movie, so the the stakes are a little lower. It has Taskmaster in it. Yeah, I really like Taskmaster. I think I'll like whatever seeds they plant for what's like coming down the road. Um, I think I'm much more interested in what. But it's a prequel. That's what it is, right? But it could still drop s- s- stuff in for you know. Here's what you know the next phase is going to look like. Uh, I'm much more excited for Eternals. Because uh, I, th- I like Marvel doing things that could be anything. Every, every time somebody mentions Eternals, I just think of that topless picture of Kumail Nanjiani. And yeah, where he's like a little Hulk. Yeah, yeah. it's really freaky. <laughs> um, oh, I'd say toys. Uh, the best toy of the year is the um, Alex Ross, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Oh, yeah, it's better than the Hulk versus Wolverine? Yeah, the Hulk's great. And I wasn't going to get a Hulk figure, but that thing was pretty awesome. But I think those three figures, that that's what uh, broke the Marvel Legends for you? damn for me. I think for me it was the uh, – it was more, definitely Marvel Legends, although I did get into Mezco's yeah, those this year. Dope. And the Batman, particularly the blue and gray Batman, was really amazing. Uh, and that made me v- that made me very glad to keep collecting them, and I was able to get the Commissioner Gordon for, uh, San Diego exclusive, uh, and it's a line I collect now. Star Wars Black had some good stuff that got me back. They had some really cool stuff from Empire and Jedi, but I think what broke it for me and it, it was Marvel Legends, and it was a line I was already collecting. Um, Retro Cable is way way up there, but I think he might have been 2018. He was in the Sauron set for Deadpool. Right. So I can't remember if he was early 2019 was or late 2018. Late 2018. Let's say he was late 2018 because I I am giving it to Professor X. Because he's in like the, the 90s floating. chair. Yeah. He's in the 90s chair, which floats. Um, this is what I always say about action figure lines. Whenever they do a Marvel line, if they do Professor X, that means they're going to do everybody. everybody. Because Professor X is boring. Yeah. And expensive because you have to make the chair. And this was a $40 set yeah. to have him with that chair. But he's also important. You don't have the complete X-Men if you don't, have, you Professor don't have Professor X. X. So that was the breaking point. And they went so nuts on 90s X-Men this year. It's Yeah, it's – well, that's Well, nice X-Men in general, we got like – I believe Mohawk Storm was this year. We got a great Nightcrawler. Yeah, I I think we got a first appearance Wolverine. We got a Weapon X. There was pretty much the as most X Men as I think they could have pumped out in any year. That being said, though, I will say uh, this probably hasn't been the biggest year we'll see for X Men. No, and that's what I would say. I'm what I'm looking forward to most in 2020. Yeah, is what Marvel Legends is going to do to top this because they're not they're not winding this line down. If no. they gave us that many, and the Spider-Man sets were incredible. Yeah. Uh, we got a Mary Jane. As yeah. An exclusive. I think I'm a, I'm more excited. I think for uh, like what's coming down the line for Marvel legends that we don't know about yet. Yeah. I'm probably as excited as I am when I'm like, uh, ooh, we're gonna get uh, what's what's the teaser at the end of right. Black Widow? What's the trailer for Eternals gonna look like? You know, it's yeah. like I'm very excited for the MCU stuff, but I'm equally excited to be like, oh, what's the next Marvel Legends set coming out? Yeah, well, we yeah. know Toy Fair's in February, and we're gonna see a lot from February. Oh, that's uh, but we do know that there is a there's the Fantastic Four set and the Spider Man set are right about to hit. So that's two full sets, which will get Black us. Black Widow months. movie set, I know. There's a Black out. Widow movie. They've shown that, and it has a spy master. Yeah, it, I was looking at the set the other day, and it's all the movie guys, and then it's you know they're in like dark colors and like yeah, uh, there's like mid-tones. a Red Guardian, and yeah. a Black Widow, and, and then the, there's like and the blonde Black Widow, right? And then it's like spy master in like bright blue and yellow, like an asshole. <laughs> His 
costume makes it's no stupid. sense. I'm a spy, but in bright colors. Well, the thing that that's w- the weirdest thing about Spy Master to me, and why I like him, he's got like a overall. He's got like a Spider-Man mask that's bright yellow, yeah. with like blue like Deadpool sections. But then the top of his head is cut off, and there's just like a rainbow on his forehead. What? He's got a the top of his head is blue. Yeah. On this yellow mask, and there's just like this gray rainbow on his forehead. Huh. He makes no sense. Yeah, he's like a and I want uh, him. like a Silver Age Iron Man villain when it's like everyone yeah. was like Cold War villains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's but he's also that um, Bob Layton like early eighties. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's like that's what's nice about the Marvel Legends is like it, uh, we've been at the point with them for a long time where they will make everybody it's like they're making spy master think about that yeah yeah what the hell it's so weird <laughs> just showing the picture and then he's got his own emblem that's a knife yeah like nobody else <laughs> has like a this. checkered thing behind it he's, he, yeah. his costume looks like he's part of a team but no one is around him he he does spy master looks like a henchman for somebody else yes that he, there should be multiple there should be him. seven of these guys yeah. reporting to modok right and it's yeah. not happening uh yeah, I I live for the jerky villains, but we're also getting um we're also getting a set with like a build a strong guy is the next Deadpool set. We yeah. not only do we get the entire '90s Jim Lee team finished. Uh, in fact, Rogue is like worth a hundred dollars now because she's three years old. Yeah, but we got you. We got Jubilee this year. We got like Storm. We got characters they had already made, like Beast and Storm, and yeah, remakes, but the like uh, updates. Yeah, and we got most of X Factor and half of X Force. Yeah, it's like uh, they they've made pretty much everybody. Uh, I don't think X Men's gonna slow down. I don't think Marvel Legends in general is gonna slow down. It yeah. feels like every year you're getting more than was released the year before you know yeah i gotta slow down the movie stuff i'm looking at the i yeah. skipped the last avenger set because it was all movie it was build right. a fat thor you said there's over a hundred movie marvel legend figures that i have i think yeah this, and you're I, not getting like 150 and i think that's insane there's that an ant-man of the wasp two-pack that i'm like it's ghost and lewis right and i'm like i do you need ghosts do lewis? i have room yeah like i have these bins and they're getting full yeah it's crazy yeah so i that is where I'm most excited. I mean, I think there's going to be some omnibuses that'll be really cool. Yeah, I was looking because uh, I've been on the previews and such. Uh, so they're reprinting John Buscema Silver Surfer, which I missed the first go around, which was when the Rise yeah, of the I got the it Fantastic. about 10 years ago, so it's yeah. been a long time. So I want to get that. The Wolverine by Frank Miller omnibus is getting re-released. I want to get that. That's not even Frank Miller. It's... Oh, it's, it's his like, original miniseries. Well, it's um, it's the Frank Miller original miniseries, but it also has the first ten issues. It has the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X. Yeah, it has the Kitty Pride and Wolverine, yeah. and it has the Hulk issues. Right, it's got a lot of cool stuff. In right, there. so and I got that about ten years ago too. That's been when, out of print a because I think that came out when the first Wolverine movie came out. Wolverine Origins, yeah, yeah. the worst Wolverine, worst movie. of them. It's incredible that they made more after. But then uh, John Byrne's She Hulk is uh, coming out this coming year. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Peter David's incredible. Hulk. Well, you said John Byrne's Superman is coming John out Byrne's from DC. Superman is getting released, and then Marvel's doing this thing. I, I actually am probably going to get these. They're putting out two different omnibuses that I, I wasn't even thinking about. And the first one they're doing uh, is Marvel. It's called I think it's called Marvel Classics, and it's all like the Trojan War by Roy Thomas and illustrated by. Oh. So it's like all the classic literature stories that Marvel made comics for essentially all in one volume. Right. That's what I read instead of reading the books in high school. Right. Yeah. That's what I kind of want to read is like, there's a lot of those stories I've never read, but they're classics. So it's like, I might as well read them in a format I'll be able to get through. Cause I'm like a 12 year old. Yeah. I feel like Gene Colan drew my weathering heights. Report. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then the second one they're doing, and I've never read this. I didn't even know Marvel printed these, but Marvel apparently printed Solomon Kane comic books. Yes. And they're putting out an omnibus for Solomon Kane, which I I'm, feel like Solomon Kane appeared in other people's books too. I think he did. And they Marvel did a crossover recently. I haven't read it, but I've got it. It's like um a crossover with like Solomon Kane, Conan the Barbarian, and like uh maybe John Carter. It's like a bunch of those like types of characters crossing over in like a modern series that they just put out. I think they did oh, like interesting. A, uh the Serpent Crown. Do you know the thing that like this... Yeah, it's a Hydra Captain America thing. Yeah, but it's also yeah. like the thing the Squadron Supreme always gets mind controlled by. <laughs> and uh I think it's like they're saying this thing came from like Conan's time, so it's like a time travel. Well type that's what story. I miss. We'll never see that again was um 
Marvel used to just cross over their licensed comics for no reason other than no one would stop them. Right. It's like Rom Space Knight ran for years and it was a toy. It was a toy that bombed. Yeah. It was an electronic robot toy that tanked. But they came out with like the Space Knights. All those characters still exist in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, they still exist in the Marvel Universe. And there's been um, – Hasbro owns the rights to the character because I think they bought Parker Brothers who made the original toy. And there have been petitions to make a ROM Marvel Legend. And, and it would sure not will. surprise me yeah. if they do. I actually think we'll get – at I'm, some point, I think um, – because I was thinking about this as like where does Star Wars go from here and how do you top Endgame? And it's like, oh, they could just combine Star Wars and Marvel. There's there's been a lot of talk about that. You know, Pat and Oswald did like a joke oh, right, right, yeah. about it. I'm like, they'll test that in the comics at some point. We will get yeah. a Star Wars Marvel crossover. It might not happen in movies. That might be a bit of a long shot, but for sure the comics are going to do that at some point. As long as it's better than the 90s X-Men Star Trek crossover, yeah. which made no sense. so little sense. Well, I don't actually... It looked like somebody took a Star Trek comic and just started drawing Wolverine on it. Well, I was thinking about the, the X-Men go to space kind of all the time. Yeah, you know, the, so, the two tones did not fit together. Yeah. And it was like the original, it was the 90s X-Men meeting the 60s Star Trek. Right. So it was Do even more of a clash of Yeah, style. it's like the original first class team meets the, you know, uh, Picard, or uh, what's his name, Kirk? Yeah, but there's there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, streaming is just going to pump stuff out at us. Uh, yeah, I think we think this year was big. It's always like, oh, this is the biggest year because this, 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 and this. But it's like... I don't know. I listen a lot of Marvel stuff coming out uh, between like the streaming and the movies in the next two years. It's like I think things are just going to we're going to get more of everything all the time. Yeah, I don't know if we're getting that Batman movie in 2020. That might be 2021, but they're going to start shooting it. Yeah. So we're going to get a new Batman movie, which looks promising. Yeah, I uh, we also got the crisis stuff all crossed over on the show. Yeah, that'll finish in January, which looked really cool. I didn't watch any of it, though, because, yeah, you know, it's hard. (laughs) um so yeah so that uh it feels like we've shifted there's just so much stuff that you know we've been talking about this for a long time when we started the show which is seven years by the way this is the seventh anniversary of caffeinated comics and by the way thanks to everybody that's been reaching out lately and saying like we've been doing the best episodes ever i don't know what we've been doing other than practicing but I really appreciate the positive feedback we've been getting. Um, we're always working on more guests. I feel like we haven't had as many guests as we used to have. Um, but you and I can talk to each other in a room for a long yeah. time. Uh, but we're always trying to make the show better. We're always trying to make the show more interesting. We're very glad to be part of the Radio Misfits podcast network and have that kind of support and have that kind of outreach in the community that we have. Um, it just makes you feel official. Yeah, but we've been doing this for a long time. And I feel like when we started this show, we were afraid of running out of topics. We would be like, okay, we'll do an all Green Lantern episode. We'll do an all Justice League episode, and then we'll stretch it out. And now we can't keep up with the releases. Yeah, I think there was a point where we were missing um, that we had missed. Uh, we there are to- entire topics that we weren't covering because there was so much material to cover. We used to do it, this show uh, twice a month. Now it's four times a month. Yeah, we did it twice a month for maybe a couple of months, and then uh, it was yeah. every two weeks, and then we we stepped up pretty quickly to every week, and now it's I feel like we cover three or four uh, releases announcements every week, and uh, that's the show. Like we don't we don't build we things a news around program because there's just so much. <laughs> yeah. There's so much news, and and I I feel like 2020. I can't point to like this is the big thing that's going to happen. Um, part of it feels like a breather after 2019. As as you were saying, it's like, oh, we're not going to get a ton of Disney Plus shows. Black Widow seems smaller and it's not until May. Maybe we're going to catch, you know, Batman might be 2021. Maybe we'll catch our breaths. But I do feel like there's just going to be a ton of stuff. Yeah. That's not even on our radar now. Yeah, I couldn't even point to what the big things will be because I think there's so much of it. But this year, there were, there was a lot happening this year. Uh, Avengers Endgame, I think, is probably the the biggest like build up thing game of thrones ending yeah. star wars saga but ending i didn't, I didn't think plus Wa- coming out i didn't think watchman was going to be as big a thing as it is and yeah. um we were prepared to ignore it and now i'm finishing it right we'll like, probably I, cover it next week i I'll feel like there's going to be a lot of st- there's going to be a lot of stuff just coming down the pike that isn't even on our radar that either will take over the public consciousness or 
uh, when it comes out will be so good that we can't like the Mandalorian. I was like, all right, you're making. A yeah, I was expecting it should show. be good, but I I didn't think we'd be talking about it every week because I don't care. Uh, I realized this about myself after the last Star Wars movie. I don't give a shit about Star Wars at all. <laughs> I like Star Wars movies; they're entertaining. But it's like beyond going to see the movies. I don't care about the cartoons, the shows. I, I rarely rewatch the movies. It's just like it isn't a thing that I have like a lot of connection to because the prequels suck so bad and these new movies have just been kind of like, well, they're OK. It's like it's just it's like make as many as you want and I'll check in on it when I can. But the fucking Mandalorian show, I yeah. cannot believe how much I love that show. Yeah, I, I going back to it, it might edge out Endgame. It really might because I I'm the opposite where I was obsessed with Star Wars when the original trilogy was coming out and then. After Return of the Jedi, I lost interest. The prequels did nothing to win me back. If anything, they pushed me over to other franchises. Like, uh, the stuff that was coming out at that time was like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and Lord of the Rings. I was way more into that. The Matrix than those movies. And I felt like it was part of my past. And I always want to love Star Wars because I loved it so much when I was a kid. And I always think, oh, that was entertaining. Uh, I no longer think that was really bad, which is an improvement, but I want to love Star Wars, and the one Star Wars I ha- I love is The Mandalorian. Yeah, it's like, uh, I was like, Empire was always my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what my second favorite Star Wars movie is, because it's just like, you know, <laughs> the level of indifference. For me, it's the original. It. Yeah, probably the original, but yeah. now I'm like, ah, I love The Mandalorian so much, it's like, that might be, that might be my favorite Star Wars thing of all time. I think Empire still beats it a little bit. Yeah, I but, just watched Empire again. It's better. Yeah, but it's like The Mandalorian was, it was so fun and it's so well done. And I, I, uh, I don't, uh, have any strong feelings about John Favreau? I, you know, my first exposure to him was he was Foggy Nelson in the Daredevil movie with Fox. I was like, the guy that played Foggy Nelson's a director. Then he did Iron Man. I was like, okay, this guy did Iron Man, but he created Iron Man, set the tone for the Marvel Universe, and gave us this bomb ass. Well, he did Star Elf. Wars. He show. did Elf before he did Iron Man. Yeah, I understand. I never really cared for Elf. You know, it's oh, like Elf uh, is great. Yeah, I don't care for Christmas stuff too much. But yeah, I'm like, but, oh, but this Elf guy's is the best like, Will Ferrell movie. Uh, I. I, I like Anchorman. Anchorman's uh, good. Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't know about Elf, but, John, but the point is that John Favreau is like this guy's pretty decent at you know uh, kickstarting stuff. If 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 the rest of Disney Plus's original content is going to look like The Mandalorian, uh, I am uh, more excited for what those shows are going to look like than I am for some of like the big movies coming out. Like I care, and I'm interested of what they're going to do next with Star Wars because I'm hoping it'll just be different. You know that whatever the next movie is. Um, but it's like, yeah, an Obi-Wan Kenobi show starring Ewan McGregor. Yes. <laughs> it's like, let's have as many of those as you guys want to make, you know? Well, if you'd like to tell us what was your favorite thing in 2019 and what are you most looking forward to in 2020? Uh, let us, maybe it's the election. Let us know. Uh, there are ways to get in touch with us. I am at not in my book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official caffeinated comics, social networking feed. You can also go to facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. And that's where we post all of our news and we always read your comments and we usually click like on them because, uh, we like them. Yeah. Because people are pretty nice. I don't think I've, uh, gotten anything on Twitter that I haven't clicked like to because people are nice. Uh, <laughs> but and how do you follow uh, Stephen? I wonder aloud. Uh, you can follow Stephen at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram, uh, and you can find the show basically wherever you can find your podcasts. I don't know if people are big on iTunes as an app for that. You can use it, and Stitcher is popular. Spotify as well. Um, and we are always uh, proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we will talk to you in twenty twenty.